0: Welcome, folks, to another edition of the Comic Book Council with uh, myself and Jordan. Introduce yourself, sir.
1: Uh, Yeah, it's me. I'm sure you heard my voice before.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And we are back, folks. I know y'all been yearning to hear us talk about comic books again. It's been a while. It has been a while. We've been through a journey (laughs) of not reading like we're supposed to, but hey, we're back now.
1: That's all that matters. We're back.
0: Yeah, we tap back in, um, and yeah. So, today, just like we did with the last comic book council, we're just gonna go through different issues we've been reading, kind of describe the story a little bit, our thoughts on it, and yeah, have a good time talking about comic books. So, I mean, it's it's I mean, it's it's a lot of different comic books out there, so we're definitely gonna hit on a few. We're not gonna hit on literally everything out there, but you know, yeah, um.
1: With and I will simple. say just like last time, I didn't bring all Marvel. Um, so yep. you have a little a little sneak peek of, or I guess a little surprise of what I'm reading.
0: Yeah, yeah, a little variety. I also brought I did a little little Marvel, a little DC. Um, you know, I'm not as keen to to reading independent comics like you are. Um,
1: You're not know, tapped in, man. You're not tapped in. That's it. That's all. I, I mean,
0: I, eventually I'll make my way there. It's just so much to catch up on with DC and Marvel. It's tough to then hop out to a universe I don't really know, you know what I mean, and learn all the scope and all that stuff. And now I'm reading Star Wars comics, and it's just, you know, I'm an expert on that already.
1: Oh, man, you know we're it. not going to go there.
0: <laughs> uh, but okay, let's get right to it. Um, I can go first. And so the first, and I'll kind of speak about mine because I read the first issue and the second issue, but it is Cosmic Ghostwriter. You heard about our last comic book council, also loved that comic and I read that comic. But in this one, we have a brand new writer, um, pretty much just revamping the character, or like, I won't say a full reboot, because they're kind of, they kept the connected story from last time. But this one, the writer is Stephanie Phillips, and the artist is uh, Juan Cabal, and they essentially are just adding on to the story. Um, basically, what happened last time was where Donny Cage kind of left it was where Cosmic Ghost Rider kind of goes through and kills the world. And he he kind of does it for his own kind of morality or kind of ego. And then he ends up joining the Guardians of the Galaxy. And then after the Guardians of the Galaxy, he retires uh, and kind of goes back to just being old Frank Castle. Uh, but in this case, Stephanie Phillips brought it. And again, only first two issues, but so far, really good. Um, Essentially, they're having it to where he's retired, but he has a bounty on his head because apparently, I think that's where the story is leading, anyways. There's another cosmic ghostwriter out there who is just murdering Mm -hmm. people, just out there, just, bro, just blowing dudes' heads off on a consistent basis. And so Frank is literally running from different bounty hunters and he's living with these people he's actually like working in their store he's like doing i think he's like doing little chores for him to try to get he has a room upstairs that he's renting for free so he does chores to kind of you know make up for it and then a bounty hunter shows up and kills the people he's you know who's helping him kills the dad and so it's basically a story to where it seems as if he's being framed and there's another cosmic ghostwriter out there murdering people and this guy called, um, I think it's Morok Stark. Have you ever heard of Morok Star Stalker? I don't think so. Okay. He's a new character to me. He looks kind of normal, but he's he's new and he's kind of a bounty hunter. He's kind of the main one going after him right now. He has a bird who's like really like, he's kind of a droid, kind of classic Star Wars, really smart, kind of gives him all the little, you know, tech details he needs. Yeah. And uh, he's kind of a cool character. And um, he's after going after Frank right now. Frank's basically telling him, like, hey, I'm not I'm not that guy. But uh, essentially, Frank retired. But due to this Star Stalker attacking him and Frank's friends, Frank finally turns back into Cosmic Ghost Rider. Um, But so far, man, it's pretty good story so far. Like it's only two issues in. Uh, I really like the art. It's, it's definitely not as good. I won't say it's as good as Donny Cates because Donny Cates obviously created the character. So, like, yeah. the jokes aren't as good and the comedy and the, the you know, dialogue of Cosmic Ghostwriter isn't as good. But it's still pretty good. Still solid. Uh, it's kind of hard to take a character and then write for them, you know, in their voice. Uh, especially Cosmic yeah. Ghost Rider hasn't been out that long.
1: Yeah, Yeah, you don't know what the original creator kind of intended for. So you just kind of, trying to put your own spin on it.
0: Right, exactly. And I mean so far pretty good. Like it hasn't been like a glaring difference. It's just not as it's not as good, but it's it's pretty good so far. And uh the art in the book is pretty good. It's kind of consistent with the last one. I think there was a totally different artist on the last few runs. So uh but yeah overall I really enjoyed this run. And uh I'm gonna continue to I'm definitely gonna pick up number three and see see where it leads. Cosmic Ghost Rider is one of my favorite characters. They've come up with, yeah. Uh, so I'm gonna keep going.
1: Who Who do you think the other cosmic Ghost Rider is? If you could take a I, guess,
0: I can't tell. Oh, I me- forgot to mention. Glad you asked. So at the end of number two, the this fake cosmic or cosmic Ghost Rider, I guess, is about to kill like this nun or like this monk. Who's a is a blind monk, and he's about to kill him, and he oh. promised. Yeah, I know. And he promised the monk, the monk was like, okay, don't shoot me. And the monk and the cosmic, the fake cosmic ghostwriter was like, all right, no guns. And he was like, okay, cool. I'm good. And then eventually cosmic ghost, the fake cosmic ghostwriter is like, I told you, I said, I wasn't going to kill you with guns. Doesn't mean I'm not going to kill you with one of his spikes. And he goes to try to kill him and Valkyrie shows up. Mm-hmm. And so Valkyrie is now that kind of leads into this new issue. And I believe you might be able to tell me this. I'm not sure. But it looks like Valkyrie has the Phoenix Force.
1: Whoa! Well, I would say if that have... The last thing I read, um, Echo had the Phoenix Force.
0: Okay. Because it... But it's it, been a
1: while since I read that.
0: It definitely looks like... And I can show you this.
1: Now, Now Valkyrie, it is the... Um, now, I know at one point it was the Lady Thor. Is it still okay. Lady Thor or no?
0: uh in this one i think it's just the regular valkyrie Okay. Um, but yeah it seems like she has the phoenix force i can't quite tell but it definitely is a cool little i wasn't expecting valkyrie to show up um yeah. but to your question yeah, i have no clue who this is like there's no inklings there's no like little signs it's just a g- cosmic ghostwriter in a gray suit and just like blowing people's heads off uh, and i have no clue who it is So, uh, it'll be interesting.
1: It'll be interesting. Okay. What do you got for us? Well, first up on my list is actually a DC comic. Um, Hey! Yeah. I
0: know this this is, I already know it's a catch. You already already know what it is.
1: There's a catch to it. Uh, The one I'm going over is The Flintstones. Uh, Yeah, DC made a Flintstones uh, comic. that came out in 2016, and Mark Russell is a writer. Um, I really like Mark Russell. He's a pretty good writer. Um, but this comic is kind of like, and I read both volumes. So there's, there's two volumes, I believe 24 issues. Um, I've read both of them, but I'll probably just kind of go over like some of the highlights in the first volume. Mm -hmm. And the comic is really more like a real life satire almost like they deal with some of the issues like in our world that we deal with now with like, as far as racism, religion, like they deal with a lot of that stuff, PTSD from military, like they deal with a lot of that stuff. Um, but they kind of handle it in a funny way. Um, so like in, in the beginning, you kind of see them start out as like, um, hunter and gatherers, you kind of see, uh, Fred Flintstone, he's like a hunter. And then one day they kind of fast forward a little bit and they just make the jump to the big city where Fred is no longer, um, just a hunter gatherer. Uh, you can kind of see him start to move into the big city. So he buys a house and everything. And he just has to get, he has to kind of adjust to this new lifestyle of like living in a city living with people instead of like just roughing it the way he did. Um so really in the first volume, the first few issues, we really just see like the day-to-day lives of like the Flintstones. You also see Barney. Uh you see them how they kind of deal with uh some of their environment. Um Wilma has a she has like trouble finding a job. She she becomes like a painter and she just has like a lot Ooh. of trouble just uh, finding a job. And so she's like um like expressing herself to uh, Fred, like her paintings are amazing, but she's not getting a chance because she's a woman. So mm. you kind of see how that relates to like things that's happening today. Right. Um, there's a there's another scene where uh, there's another uh, panel where kind of Fred deals with. He was in a war. You kind of see he and when we talk in war, you know they, they mess with sticks and stones, um, <laughs> right. but he has like PTSD from like being in the war. And so Whoa. he's also trying to adjust to the city and trying to find like a real job. He can't find a job. He ends up being like a door-to-door salesman selling vacuum cleaners. Um, as far as vacuum cleaners, like a, um, uh, I can't remember. It was like a some type of armadillo type animal, uh, type mm-hmm. creature. Yeah. That like literally people just stored in the closet. And then we also, it's kind of funny because we also kind of follow that. Um, we follow that vacuum cleaner as like it goes through the life cycle. Of like dealing with other appliances so like the dishwasher is just like another dinosaur just spinning out water um <laughs> so we kind of follow that and then also it's like some really good scenes where we deal with uh with the kids so with um bam bam and pebbles mm-hmm. they actually run into like a religious cult and it's like that when they run into them it's like super funny because like they have no idea what's going on and the cult thinks the cult thinks like the world is ending um it's it's just like a lot of crazy nonsense this comic to me, like honestly, like is really good. Like I, I definitely recommend this to like a lot of people. If you especially if you like almost like satire type comedy, like real life right. in some of your comics, like I think this is like a really good one. And I will mention like the art is really good too. Um it's not like realistic, but mm-hmm. it's uh it, it kind of gives like I don't I don't know how to describe It's not the realistic look to it, but it also kind of gives out the cartoonish look to it mm-hmm. and yeah, man, this this comic is it's it's really good. Like, I definitely recommend this to a lot of people. We um, also kind of see the Martian if you remember Martian from the Flintstones. Um, yeah. he also appears in volume two, and yeah, him and him and Fred, they no, I think Bam Bam and Pebbles are the only one who can see him, and so they kind of have like a good relationship back and forth, which is also pretty funny. Um, man, this got this comic to me is like amazing. Um, like I said, I've read all 24 issues. I don't want to give away a lot because I think a lot of people should just go and check this one out. Right. Um, but it, it's a really good read. And I remember DC at this point was also kind of putting out other uh, Hanna-Barbera co- uh, comics. So they kind of deal with uh, Johnny Quest. I remember it was Johnny Quest uh, comic. There was a uh, Jetsons comic. Um, and then I think this Flintstones is the one that kind of really hit. And this one was really good.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, it looks kind of the art is very interesting. It's like um, kind of reminds you like early two thousands art.
1: Yeah, like, I mean real... I, I really like it. Like they yeah. they did a really good job. Oh, that's dope. So, yeah, that's uh that's that's my though. What's your cool. number two? Uh,
0: my number two is uh, the wonderful Tom King, Batman Batman of the Bowl. Number one.
1: That's a big name right there. People need to know that one.
0: Yeah, bro. So. The story behind, it. I went to the comic book store. Cool, I saw a, uh, a comic kind of thick, and I saw uh Superman on it. I'm like, bet, all right, let me see. And I always gravitate, and I think a lot of people do, but like number ones, like the start of a run, I'm definitely right. gonna I'll try to jump into that. And in this case, um, Tom King and the and the artist is Mitch Ger- Gerard's one oh, of yeah, my favorite,
1: do a lot of work together, yeah,
0: yeah, Mitch Gerard is like probably one of my favorite uh, artists out. And in um, this one, I need to figure out when this came out. I want to say it was new because when I picked it up from the comic book shop and looked in the new area. But basically, this is like year one of Batman. And so it kind of just is, you know, And you know, Tom King, he kind of breaks it down in different. And Mr. Oz, they kind of break things down in like, like almost like eight different panels, almost even like, uh, I want to say it's like, what was it like? Uh, Nine different panels on one page, and it kind of, each little box tells a a story, and uh, Mm -hmm. it was just really fun to read. Um, Bro, it was dark as hell. Like, it was one where Batman was chasing this dude who had just murdered his wife, and the dude is, like, running from him, and, like, he's, like, it felt very like the Batman, sort of, but the dude's running, like, shooting at Batman, and Batman, like, keeps coming, and the dude trips and, like, falls on a train, on a train track. And so, uh, he's like cussed at Batman. He's like, dude, like I had to do what I had to do. I had to kill her. Blah, blah, blah. And Batman is like closing in. And then the dude, I guess, like turns and like breaks his knee or whatever. And then the dude's talking shit to Batman. And then you hear a train start to come. Yeah. And then the dude starts changing his energy. He's like, okay, okay. All right. I just need your help. Like, get me off this track. And like, Batman is like, waiting till the exact, like, the last second to tell this last dude up. second? Yeah. Like, I literally legitimately thought this dude was just about to die. And, um and yeah, he kicks him off the tracks. Tracks go by. Uh, and the dude thinks he's okay. And then Batman just, like, steps on his face and, like, knocks Dang. him out. Yeah, like, knocks him smooth out. Now, the darkest part of this comic was, I don't want to give too much of the storyline, but, bro, there was one where this little black girl little black girl, I was like, please, Lord, like, please. Once I saw a little black girl and then you see she she's uh, basically it shows a panel of her dad, like calling and being the police and being like, hey, I just need you to find her. She's wearing a green dress. She has an umbrella like you just need to find her. And and then you just hear him crying. And then next panel, you see this little girl walking around with an umbrella and she's talking to somebody, but you don't know who she's talking to. And she's oh, like, man. yeah, she's like, uh, I'm so like, uh, like she's not like crying or anything. She's just like, uh, I'm a little lost, but Oh, you're nice. You have a balloon. Oh, okay. What is that balloon about? Like, what is, you don't have an umbrella. Why don't you have an umbrella? You're like, who the hell is she talking to? And then the next panel is just a black. It's not, it does not even show the image. It just shows like his words. And so you're like, who the fuck is this? But then you're like, your mind starts racing and you're like,
1: yeah.
0: And then of course, the, the person's talking back to the girl she's talking to him it's all good and then you find out they're sitting on a she's sitting on a bench next to next to the joker
1: oh and man yeah
0: bro and then my heart dropped i was like oh, yeah it's not going
1: no. well for her yeah i was
0: like come on man not like we can't let my look like she was a cute looking black girl like it was a very good draw shout out to miss garage for shout for uh drawing her well but like i was like no but then they their relationship know. starts to grow. They start to talk about a little stuff. they played hide and seek. Um, it was very sinister though. like every time Joker talked, it was just a black background. like you couldn't see what he was saying. it was just you could just had in quotes what he was saying. Yeah. And yeah, they were playing hide and seek and stuff. and then he eventually tells her like, hey let's I'm gonna, uh, let's go back to your house. Do you know where you live? all this stuff goes back to her house and the dad is like so happy to see her. Like he rings the doorbell, or they ring the doorbell. He comes down, sees her. He's so happy. And the Joker's, like, just standing there. And then the dad's like, oh, my God. He hugs the girl. He looks up. And he's like, oh, my gosh. Thank you. And No, he says, like, thank. And then it stops. And he just falls to the ground. And then you just see the Joker with a knife with blood in his head. Like, oh, a knife right in on front the, of the blood. Kid. Right in front of the girl. And the girl's like, daddy, you're, why are you red? Blah, blah, blah. I was
1: oh, like oh man, bro,
0: come on, dog. Like, like bro, it was a, see, basically a horror movie.
1: I see, I see the girl too. I actually found the panel you were just describing where she's like sitting on the bench and the joker just like looking down yeah. and has a blue in his hand. It kind of reminds you like it.
0: Yeah, real bro, it legit sounded like because like the conversation they were having, it was just ominous, bro. Like every word he said, you were like, oh shit, like oh, no. And so yeah, it was just it was really good, man. Yeah. Like it was, uh, it wasn't a ton of storyline in this first one, but it kind of just was setting the tone. It was very like the Batman, like, if yeah. like I could definitely see someone from the Batman looking at this and like getting that vibe from it. But man, it was, it was really good. The art was great. The setup was great. Like I said, in those panels, like she's talking to somebody, you don't know who it is and your mind's racing, you know? So yeah, it was really good. Uh, Batman, Bravely the Bullet number one was really good. Tom King killed it once again. What was it?
1: Every time I hear people talk about the Brave and the Bold, like, I think it's an anthology series. Like, I think mm-hmm. it changes maybe from uh, maybe arc to arc or even issue to issue. Because, yeah. like, did this one did this one end? Like, did it have ended into it or no? Uh No,
0: nah, it, it just continued. Okay. Like, and, and this was a weird one because it's like it's one again, one comic, but it had three different stories in it.
1: Yeah. So, so yeah, that's what I mean by it's oh, okay. an anthology series. OK, so, yeah, maybe so that's I'm what it up. is. Yeah, I was like every time I've always heard about like listening to other podcasts and they talk about the Brave and the Bold. I guess that's what it Brave and Bold has always been. So okay, that, that it teams up with other people.
0: Yeah, and and that's usually what I grab. I usually gravitate towards Brave and the Bold because it's usually him and Wonder Woman or him and Superman, him and Superman yeah. and Wonder Woman. You know, the Trinity and everything. So, um, but that was definitely worth it. Like a really good read.
1: Okay. All right. Well. My next one is uh, I'm going over to Marvel this time, and I'm actually going to the X Men universe. Um, Surprise, surprise. I know. I'm not (laughs) going to give a whole lot of background to this one because if I go into a lot of background, uh, it's going to be a lot confusing for a lot of people. Um, And this one actually isn't over with. This is a mini series. It has five issues right now. Um, The fifth one hasn't came out yet, but um, I read the first four. Um, And this is Bishop War College. So people don't Mm. know, you know, Bishop the Time Traveler um Mm -hmm. and this one is actually written by a black writer his name is jay holtman and you will kind of see um see i knew he was a black writer as i was reading it um but in the beginning of the story we kind of we kind of open up to bishop just training like this new group of young mutants i'm not going to go into their name and there's also kind of two stories going on at the same time Um, but he's training his new group and he's going pretty hard on them like he they're like getting beat down pretty bad and he's just like get up again and so it gets to the point where the um, like this young group, they want to quit. They're like, no, like you're going too hard on us. We don't want to train anymore. And you're mm-hmm. doing too much. And at the same time, Magic from the X-Men came and kind of talked to him. and was like, hey, I think not Magic. Who was it? Um, oh, it might have been Magic. Um, but she was like, hey, you kind of are going pretty hard on all of the uh, all of these young kids. And mm-hmm. I, was like, I, th- I think she kind of lay off of him. He's like, no, I have to keep them ready for what's coming. And they're like, okay, we're living on a peaceful island because at this point in the comics, X-Men are on an island uh, just themselves. And it's like, no, we have to be prepared. Um, So everyone quits. And at the same time, we see another panel where the Strucker twins come in. So uh, Varen Bond Strucker, you know, he's part of like the Red Skull and all that. He has two twins that are actually mutants Um, and they were able to kind of infiltrate the island. So no one knows they're there, but they are watching everything that's going on and they have a plan of their own um so bishop we see him he kind of wakes up uh from a nightmare of like everyone around him is just dead and he's like i have to get everyone trained i can't have them uh happen going to the future that i had because bishop came from like a terrible timeline and you know Mm -hmm. that's the whole reason why he came back right so he's he's talking to magic also he's like hey i know i'm going hard but the reason i'm going hard is because i want them to live and so it's like i want them to be able to live and so he's like they will come back to me Um, Eventually, we do see them come back to them, uh, come back to Bishop. And so they're all training again. And then uh, Bishop actually says, hey, I have a new training place we go to. So they kind of go like to an underground area um, underneath the island. And Bishop set up like a whole little training exercise with actual people. And he actually runs into another mutant. um, And I've completely forgot her name just now. But she basically has the power, I think kind of like, to like uh, freeze time for a little bit. So she can kind of manipulate time. Mm-hmm. Um So they get, so they're training with them, you know, they're going pretty hard. She stops time. And then as she stops tw- uh, time, kind of the Strucker twins uh, kind of invade. And so the Strucker twins, basically whenever they get together, um, I really don't, honestly, I don't even know what their power is, but whenever they get close together, they can like have some type of power manipulation or something like that. So, they actually hit the girl who can freeze time, and then she actually ends up completely fl- her powers, flipped out, and Bishop and her get transported into another universe. So, the, the biggest catcher is when Bishop wakes up in this other universe, he wakes up and sees a black Cyclops and a black Jean Grey. Shit. And yes, when I tell you, I was like, I was like, what? Like, <laughs> What right, well, like what's going on? So like I had to continue reading. So, like in issue two, he completely wakes up, he sees the entire team of X-Men is black, bro. <laughs> beast got beast got dreads, Professor X is like this bald black dude, like everybody is black. And I was like, Like, what? And this was like the whole reason. Like, I normally don't buy a lot of X-Men miniseries because a lot of it don't be good. But yeah. when I saw that they were like they had a bunch of black X-Men, I'm yeah. Like, Oh, yeah, I gotta, I gotta pick this up and read it. <laughs> so, like we see, so, like, also, like, Nightcrawler, he, he's still blue, but he has, like, like two dreaded horns in front of him. Like, he, wow. they, they, yeah, everyone was, like, completely black. And so, like, actually, in, in the comic, they, so, let me see, let me back up. So, the black X-Men attack Bishop, because Bishop, like, comes out of nowhere, and they're like, like, who right. are you? And he's like, right. no, what's going on here? Like, y'all don't look nothing like the people I'm used to. Yeah. So, the black Professor X comes out, and he's like, Let me read his mind. He connects everybody together and are like, whoa, like you coming from like a whole different universe. And like, uh, it's funny, like Bishop, like also kind of meets other people. That's part of like the quiet council. And Emma Frost is there. Of course, Emma Frost is black. And uh, she she has some words of exchange with another character. And he's like, yo, you was black. I mean, you was white in this other world. She's like, I couldn't even imagine it. Like, (laughs) she's like, yeah, I couldn't see this. And so they actually go outside of the island because they, they have to go find the other girl that came over, Bishop. Dude, they come outside, everybody is black. Like, the what? entire universe is black. And, like, they don't even address it. The thing, the thing that they really address is, in this universe, the X-Men and the humans, they work together. So there's no, there's no you know, animosity between the two. They work together for everything. And Bishop doesn't trust it. He's like, no, they're, they're, the humans are always bad. And So like we see like a black Iron Man, we see um I think in the background kind of look like a black uh Johnny Storm, not yeah, Johnny Storm from the Fantastic Four. Mm. Um yeah, and they don't address it like everybody being black, they don't even address it. Like it's just it's just a normal thing. And I was like, I was like completely shook by this. And so I was like, that was a pretty cool thing. I want to keep reading. Um so yeah, I'm gonna stop right there just because uh I don't want to spoil it, and also I haven't finished the end of it. But it's a it's an interesting read.
0: I'm looking at the art, first of all, looks dope as hell. First of all, yeah. Jean Gray looks beautiful, if I can say that. Um <laughs> <laughs> and then uh Wolverine, like Wolverine looks dope.
1: Yeah, he yeah, Wolverine um, has like a little like a little like face mask on or something. Yeah.
0: Uh I'm assuming that's Iceman.
1: Yep. Yeah, see the black iceman, see the black angel. It's like, yeah.
0: Oh man, Bishop got the taper fade. Shout out to shout out to them. Yeah, this,
1: yeah, this new bishop. He looked a little different.
0: Yeah, Bishop got the twist with the little with the sharp fade in the back. Now, this looks dope though.
1: Yeah. now nah, I was like, this, this is this is gonna be a good one. i say like, everybody's black. I got I gotta see the second, the story, the other story that they're telling. I'm not a big fan of. I'm more I'm worried about following these black X-Men. Like that's pretty cool.
0: How much was it a big controversy? Do you know?
1: I don't even know. Nobody talked about it. For real? Like, at never, least I didn't least hear about until
0: it till now. That's crazy. And now, like, I'm seeing pages where they're like recasting the MCU X-Men as black,
1: <laughs> all of them black. That's funny. I mean, I do know a lot of people like we they want to see a black Cyclops. So hey, that we want, yeah. we got one.
0: That would be crazy. I, I mean, I'm not against it. You know, I'm not a Cyclops guy, but. Good look, he'd be a character I'd be cool with. I know you would probably hate it, but
1: nah, yeah, nah, let's go ahead and keep him white. Want- <laughs>
0: that's hilarious. Um, no, nah, that's a good pick, though. Um, okay, my last pick is Superman, uh, Order of the Black Lamp. This one, man, it was cheesy, it was, it looked like the Superman animated series. Uh, it was written by Christopher uh, Cantwell and the artist was uh, Javier Rodriguez. Bro, mm-hmm. the art alone is beautiful, bro. It looked like, like, and the good thing about, the thing I love about Superman is it's corny. I like it, I like corniness, I like the charm of it. And that's what this was, like, it was one where, uh, it was one scene in it where uh, someone's trying to break into the, I guess the, well, like the biggest vault there is in, uh, in Metropolis. And they opened the thing up, and Superman's sitting there, leaned up against the the gold, and like, all right, not tonight, fellas. Like, like super corny shit, but like, yeah. that's classic Superman. You know what I mean? And so, uh, it also like to open it up. Uh, there was, he's like basically, you know how they do like dialogue while stuff is happening, but yeah. give you kind of a narration of while stuff is happening. That's kind of what, what starts it off. Superman's kind of narrating of like, memories and his childhood and and he, how he had a crush on this girl during uh some camp but he could never remember her name like now he can't remember her name and it showed basically him coming in saving like a, a, a ship crew who was about to go down and he comes in and saves the whole ship uh, but it just like looked really cool like you could tell the guy javier rodriguez may have been like inspired by the animated series the 90s animated series by just the way it looks. Uh, we get a lot of, like, Lois Lane, who's, like, the editor-in-chief now of yeah. the Daily Planet. And, uh, and it's funny because she's, like, like, basically she's telling Clark Kent, like, you're trash at writing. Like, you, you got to get better. Like, and then she, to end it, I do not want to give too much away, but essentially they, they, they get this new, uh, Superman gets this gift, and it's basically, like, an encrypted message saying to save me. And so he's like, oh, OK, I got to I got to check this out. Like maybe someone's in trouble. And um, Lois is like, all right, like Clark Kent kind of trash right now writing. But what if Superman like wrote an article? Like, what if he went on an adventure? Yeah. And then told us about what happened. You know what I mean? And I was like, oh, I never thought of that. Like I never yeah. thought you know what i'm saying of him like blogging basically his his yeah, adventure. adventure yeah what he went through what he's seeing and sh- and she was like what if we did that and you know and she she said uh no it's actually Clark said and she was like yeah Yo, you're cooking with gas i was like all right like what do we I'm like all right yeah, she would never say that trying to be a little hip yeah i don't yeah, know all like, that. Lewis wouldn't say that but uh but yeah it was it was just really good and it was like a beautiful comic to read like to look at like the art is beautiful it's very like 90s um, animation style like not a lo- not a bunch of like extra lines, just very like straight line, kind of more yeah. boxy faces, kind of classic like DC 90s uh animation. But it was really fun to read. It just reminded me kind of why Superman is so beloved. You know, it, it didn't try to do too much, it didn't try to make him dark, it didn't try to do too much extra. Really focused on Clark and Lois' relationship and like the wonder of the world. So, really enjoyed it um superman order of the black web pretty good
1: I am say superman had ig account and definitely fire
0: no nah, i would like
1: yeah the stuff the stuff he'd be
0: saying bro fire
1: yeah all right my my last comic uh coming straight from idw is power rangers versus godzilla and, uh, <laughs> i was waiting uh, on this one I've, okay. I've been waiting on this one. I, so I finally finished one, the folks. entire just series. It, you know. Yeah, I finally finished the entire series. And I'll just go over issue number one. I won't go okay. over everything. Uh, but it's written by Colin Bunn, which is also a really good writer. And it came out in November 2022. So okay. the first issue starts off kind of with the Green Ranger. He's infu- he's infiltrating the temple uh, where Rita Rasputa is and Godar. Repulsive. Um, kind of we'll, we'll, we'll roll with it. Uh, dude, we'll I always roll. do that. Sorry, I always <laughs> we'll do roll that. with it. <laughs> so uh Rita and Godar, they're they're taking over this uh, temple and they're looking for this artifact that basically will allow her to travel the multiverse uh because she wants to go to a universe where the rangers aren't there so mm-hmm. she can rule, find a power big uh, you know, big enough and then come back to this universe and beat them. Yeah. Um so then basically she she takes over the temple, she takes the crystal, and she is transported basically to our planet. And so this planet is actually being you know run by Godzilla. And so she gets there. Godzilla's fighting against a a, a monster named uh, Megalon. Um, And she's like, who is this powerful beast? Like, I need him. And so Mm -hmm. she immediately gets there. She gets beamed up by these space people um, who basically kind of keep an eye on Godzilla and as well as like other monsters from this universe and just kind of keep an eye on them. So Rita and Godar and she got two other minions there. They fight these space people. You know, they easily take over. They easily beat these space people. Um, and so she's basically in control of everything. So Zordon, I mean not Zordon. So the Green Ranger also got swept up when she went to this other multiverse. Mm. So he wakes. So he wakes up and he see Godzilla like basically about to attack him. So because like oh. Godzilla defeated the first monster, so he's about to attack the Green Ranger. Green Ranger immediately wakes up, summons the Dragon Zord. So this is this is when they get you get the first <laughs> real fight, the Dragon sword versus Godzilla um Godzilla definitely took down the dragon's sword just, letting, just uh, right now. Yeah, this is this
0: cap this cap bro. so
1: he so he took it over um uh he you know he he beats the dragons sword, and then so now Respuda oh uh, no Resputa, Rita sees how like powerful Godzilla is she was like, also she didn't know the green Ridge was there, so she was very shocked to see you know the Dragons sword there. She right. saw the Dragon Zord get taken down. She's like, "I need Godzilla. Like, I want that power." And the space people are telling her, "Like, this is Godzilla. He's the most powerful creature on this earth. You cannot do anything to take him." Mm-hmm. So we also kind of see Zordon at the same time says, "Hey," he tells the other five Rangers, "I can't get in contact with the Green Ranger. I need you guys. I'm about to teleport you guys to kind of the last time I got a ping from his, um, from his um, Morpher." And so yeah. they send all five uh, Rangers there. And then we see they appear there, and then the comic kind of ends where they are seeing the destruction that Godzilla brings with them. So mm. that's where issue one ends. I will tell you for sure that that this this one is definitely full of action. Like they, there was no downtime really from them fighting against the Megazord, uh, mm. for them doing some combinations. I don't want to spoil it too much for you, but uh. yeah, this this was nice. And you also kind of see a lot more Godzilla. Uh, Godzilla's creatures. Um, mm-hmm. I will say King Ghidorah does show up. So if people are familiar with Godzilla. King Ghidorah shows up, and you know, once King Ghidorah comes, it's always a problem. So if you've gotcha. seen, uh, I think it was the second Godzilla movie um, from the reboot, like it's the huge three-headed dragon. Gotcha. So Damn, yeah, okay, that one is, is definitely a good time. There was no. no I'm saying there was no downtime. Like they get they get at it.
0: I wonder. Okay, hold on. You said,
1: "Who'd you say wrote it?" Uh, Cullen Bunn uh, Cullen, Cullen Bun, Bun. Yeah.
0: Okay. I don't, I don't think he's written any other Power Ranger stuff. I don't think.
1: Uh, uh I I don't think so.
0: Because I don't recognize his name on the comic. I mean, that he, I read.
1: He, he's done. I mean, Deadpool kills the universe. He's done. Um, gotcha. Uh, yeah, he's done a lot of Deadpool for sure. He was also an independent comic that. Um, He's big on independent comics as well. Uh, definitely wrote Spider Man. He wrote X Men for a little bit, so he's definitely been around.
0: Yeah, and Power Rangers just does it. And I'm assuming is this from Boom?
1: Uh, from IDW. So, oh, okay, gotcha. Uh, oh, so, be... so, so actually, sorry, I, I mentioned it. it's IDW and Boom. Oh, okay,
0: Pardon me because it's okay. a crossover. Gotcha, gotcha. I mean, I'm seeing a lot of big, high reviews for it, like as a series in general. Um, Yeah,
1: and it's all part of, like, you know, the Power Rangers have been doing a lot of crossovers here lately. Um, Yeah. um, Ninja Ninja, Ninja Turtles, you know, you see them with Street Fighter. Yeah,
0: I have a hot take for all that. I'm not a, I am not a fan of Power Rangers, like, whoring ourselves out to these other IPs who we are better than. And then we get nothing from it. Like, like we did crossover with uh, Ninja Turtles. Ninja Turtles has been flying off the shelf because they, you know, made a toy with Ninja Turtles who actually morphed into Power Rangers. Those have been flying yeah. off the shelves. Um, Ninja, like Power Rangers versus Street Fighter, been flying off the shelf. We never get anything from, like, they basically jump on our clout and then benefit from it. You know what I'm saying? Even the, well, I'm going to say, but Justice League versus Power Rangers, that was really well done. Like, that was a really yeah, I heard
1: that one. I heard that one was good.
0: Yeah, like they really haven't missed Power Rangers versus anything has not missed so far. Um, I just I just kinda want Power Rangers to benefit in some way from it. Like right now it's basically like, ooh, the IP versus Power Rangers. Then the IP gets to turn into Power Rangers, and I'm just like, okay, all right, we're not getting anything from this. But um, this is cool though. Obviously, this is something my kid brain would love to read, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I might have to tap into this one though.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I, I will say Godzilla's that dude. Also, you know, he he has some. He definitely has some troubles. I will say he has some troubles going up against you know a few of the Zords. I don't want to say which ones. So, uh,
0: okay, fill me in here. Is this the original mm-hmm. team? Is
1: this Billy Tommy? Yep. Okay, is there, is there uh, okay. original Mighty Morphin Rangers?
0: Gotcha. Okay, um, that's good to know
1: because in the
0: other and I'm because you know in the Power Rangers right now we're kind of on the second team right now where we're Rocky. and adam and aisha and all that so okay good to know
1: yeah no yeah no it's the first one um i did i, I was like how i guess zordon kind of sense where any ranger is no matter yeah, what where he is. Okay. based
0: on alpha and yeah the morpher and everything um yeah and they kind of have their little globe that they look at to see if a new bad guy shows up or something yeah, uh, yeah. They don't really explain their tech very well, but yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. Because I was like, how, I was like, how did he? Know? And then also, like, I don't want to spoil the end of, but the end of. I'm just like, how did he, how did that happen? Yeah, but okay. I'm like, gonna that's check all, that one out. All, th- all three of mine. So, what were your three?
0: Uh, my three were Cosmic, excuse me, Cosmic Ghost Rider, uh, one and two, then Batman: Brave and the Bold, and then Superman: Order of the Black Lantern, Part One. I'm gonna definitely look at Part Two.
1: Okay. I had a uh, first volume of the Flintstones. I had the first issue of Power Rangers, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers versus Godzilla. And then uh, issue one of Bishop War College. Nice. And, when did
0: uh, the War College one come out?
1: Uh, yeah, I forgot to mention. They came out September of last year.
0: Okay. I gonna say just because the art and everything, it just looked newer. So I was like, yeah. So sure I wouldn't miss it. I definitely.
1: Actually, this year. Actually, it was this year. Sorry, January this year. Okay. We're not done yet. Yeah.
0: I uh yeah, folks. Appreciate y'all. We're definitely gonna try to keep this more consistent. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. My 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 summer goal is to read a lot more comic books, books in general, but definitely comic books. Uh, Jordan, are you gonna also? Yeah, I mean, be a part I'm part of I'm this. Conti-
1: I'm gonna continue reading as long as you're reading. I'm reading.
0: <laughs> Jordan always say I don't read, but he'd be doing the same thing I'm doing, so it's fine. <laughs> uh, but yeah. I uh, appreciate y'all listening to another comic book council. And uh, how, how we want to finish. We want to do
1: our regular. I mean, we out. <laughs> we out, baby. We out. <laughs>